TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. Yes, it's a manic Monday. Every Monday is, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we wish it was Sunday. This Manic Monday brings you Scoop Podcast episode 202. Anytime I get to record a new Scoop Podcast, it is a good day. So I'm okay that it's not Sunday that we've transitioned into Monday. I am recording this on Monday late afternoon. The 11th of February. We'll go notes, then I will finish with conversations with Northwestern Wildcats football running back signee Evan Hall of Maple Grove. Plus, I was over at De La Salle High School last week, actually a couple days before their epic win over Hopkins, number one in 3A, beating number one in 4A. That's how good De La Salle is. So I caught up with Tyrell Terry and Jamison Battle. I was over there for another story that will soon air on Channel 5. And I figured, hey, two birds, one stone, I'm here. Let me catch up with two of the best players in the state. Terry on his way to Stanford. He turned down the Gophers. And battle, you can make a case that the Gophers swung and missed by not offering him. He is on his way to George Washington in the Atlantic 10. But let's start with Twins Notes. The Sunday of Twins Fest, Thad Levine told some fans that don't be surprised if at some point in February, we, we being the Twins, announce contract extensions with some of our young players. So on a scoop podcast thereafter, so one of the recent episodes, I said, hey, number one on their target list is Jose Barrios. Number two is Eddie Rosario. Well, word is they're making progress specifically on Barrios. I would not be surprised if they announce at some point this month, maybe even this week, maybe late this week, maybe next week, but at some point this month, if they announce a contract extension with Jose Barrios, Rosario was on that list. They've had some dialogue on Max Kepler. Recall, this time last year, they offered Kepler, Rosario, Barrios extensions. It doesn't sound like there's much traction on Buxton or Miguel Sano. Taylor Rogers is another guy that they think highly of. There has been no dialogue about extending Kyle Gibson. Now, you can make a case Gibson was the Twins' best starter the second half of 2017. Then he had a really good year last year. He represents the team incredibly well. A lot to like about Kyle Gibson. You can make a case that the Twins should extend Gibson, but they're going to let this thing play out. There's been no dollar, or who knows. I know his agent will get to Fort Myers sometime late February, early March, so maybe when his agent is in Fort Myers, there might be some dialogue but to this point, there's been zero dialogue on a Kyle Gibson extension. But I'm telling you, keep an eye on Barrios, then Rosario. Lucas Duda, like Adam Rosales, has an outdate for just after mid-March. He is a long shot. Yes, the Twins did sign Lucas Duda over the weekend to a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. But to suggest that he has a great shot to make the 25-man roster might be a bit of a stretch. But he did have comparable offers. He had multiple offers settled on the twins figured hey i'll get my at-bats with the twins scouts from every team will be in the fort myers area they can watch my at-bats so i'm not just performing for the twins i'm performing for all teams so duda is confident i know going back and forth with somebody close to him that he can catch on to somebody's 25-man roster but specifically the twins it's going to take an unbelievable effort from him i'm not saying no chance i mean if he lights the world on fire come spring training games early march into mid-march Hey, never say never, but I'm just telling you right now on February 11th, 
Lucas Duda would be a long shot to start the season with the Twins. The Twins still have some interest in reliever, former Dodger Adam Liberator. If they end up with him, that would be on a minor league deal. Heck, they would take Adam Warren. I know they've told Warren's agent, hey, we'll take on a minor league deal. They've told Sergio Romo's agent, hey, we'll take Sergio on a minor league deal. They've told Ryan Matson's agent, hey, we'll take Ryan on a minor league deal. I'm sure they would take Tony Sipp. Other relievers on a minor league deal, but at this point it doesn't look like the Twins are looking to add a reliever on a major league deal. I think we're past the point of all this Manny Machado talk. That was pretty popular leading into Twins Fest. Then some Twins officials went on the record pretty much poo-pooing that dialogue. Now it seems to be, hey, what about Dallas Keuchel? What about Craig Kimbrell? Both guys are incredible long shots to end up with the Twins. I'll never say never. As long as the guy's out there, I'll never say never. But both guys would have to come down both on money and on term. The Twins are not getting either guy at three years, $45 million, for example. And that wasn't even a realistic offer to Kimbrell from the Atlanta radio guy, Paul Crane. That was not true. And the Twins did not make that offer, I'm told, no on 345. But even if they did, Craig Kimbrell isn't coming to the Twins at three years, $45 million. The Twins would have to go up both likely in years, but certainly in the money. So if they're not willing to go up in term, they would have to overpay one of those guys to get that guy here. I'm just telling you, it is very much a long shot. Paul Molitor will not help out the Twins this year. They will pay him off. He is still under contract, so he can sit back, collect money, direct deposit, whatever it is, every two weeks. Big money, and he will enjoy his family. I'm sure at some point, Molly will get back in the game. Who knows? Maybe even a year from now, back in the game, helping the Twins in some capacity. But Paul Molitor is not helping the Twins in 2019. On the Wolves, Dario Saric is now a starter. He started on Monday night for the Wolves against the Clippers. Recall that Glenn Taylor was on this podcast a couple months ago saying that he envisioned, he saw Saric as an eventual starter. Well, the Saric starting era is underway. I'm told Taj Gibson, no surprise, took the news incredibly well. Taj, by the way, has not asked for a buyout as of yet. Not suggesting that maybe we don't get to that point eventually, but so far as of now, no request for a buyout. Taj Gibson is a pro's pro. He's accepting his role coming off the bench. Rewinding to last Thursday, my trade deadline scoop podcast. Here are the three offers. At the time, I had two of the offers. I now have all three that the Wolves had on the table for Anthony Tolliver. Toronto was offering C.J. Miles and a future second. Oklahoma City was offering Patrick Patterson and a future second. Dallas was offering J.J. Barea. And a future second. Now, Barea is an expiring contract. He is out for the year with an injury. He would have been waived. It would have created an open roster spot. You could have chased one of these guys that's on the open market. Plus, you would have gotten some sort of draft asset. Now, I don't know the particulars. Dallas has its hands on a number of future second-round picks, including the 2020 Warriors second-round pick. So it could be like pick 57, 58. So it's not a good pick. But to me, any draft pick is a decent asset. Heck, you could use it in a separate transaction sometime this summer or this time next year. Now, on the Dallas offer, that one would not have put them in the luxury tax. So to me, the Dallas offer was actually the one to take. On Toronto, on Oklahoma City, those two offers would have put them into the luxury tax. Now, I'm in the minority on this because C.J. Miles is having a horrible year. He's been in the league now, what, 13, 14 years? This probably is who he is, but no guarantee. And he's got a big number for next year, something like it's a player option at $8.5 million. 
and I'm sure he will exercise that. So I get it. A lot of fans are saying, well, of course you say no to the Toronto offer. You don't want C.J. Miles next year. The question is, can the Wolves get a player better than Miles with the mid-level exception? The hope would be, yes, of course they can do better than Miles. I'm just saying, one of those deals I would have taken, and I get it. I was wrong last Thursday on this podcast saying Toronto was the offer to take. Dallas was the offer to take. No luxury tax ramifications, and you would have created an open roster spot to chase a player, and you would have had a future second-round pick. Now, the alleged offer that is interesting is, would Detroit have done Stanley Johnson for Anthony Tolliver? Detroit did talk to the Wolves about Tolliver. I had a Piston source tell me, no, we would not have done Johnson for Tolliver. Had another league source say, yeah, my inclination is Detroit would have done that deal. My own inclination is the Wolves could not get Johnson for Tolliver, but still, nonetheless, something interesting to think about if the Wolves had a chance to get Stanley Johnson, who will be a restricted free agent this summer. He ultimately ended up in New Orleans. Shameless plug to follow me on Twitter at KSTP. Had the news on Saturday about Isaiah Kanan re-signing with the Wolves on a 10-day deal. So the Wolves roster is full. Like I was asked on Monday, hey, are the Wolves in our Markeith Morris? Well, no, they never actually have even made a phone call on Markeith Morris. The Lakers and Rockets are among teams that have interest in Morris. But even if the Wolves had interest in Morris, now they could eat the 10-day contract on Kanan with all the guards back. But they don't currently have an open roster spot. I'm sure they will in 10 days because with all the guards now healthy, for the most part, in 10 days, they will all be healthy. There's no real reason to continue to have Isaiah Kanan on the roster. But right now, if the Wolves wanted to add somebody, they are full. They did make a phone call on Wayne Ellington and Nick Stauskas. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, you found out on Sunday that Stauskas was likely landing in Cleveland after they had traded him. And that news was made official On Monday, the Wolves did not extend an offer to Stauska. So they made a phone call to say, hey, we don't mind the player. We like the player, in fact. But they never did extend Stauskas an offer. Neither did they extend an offer on Ellington, who got good money from Detroit. I might be burying the lead here. I'm told Sacramento, maybe surprisingly after the move they made for Harrison Barnes, but that Sacramento was not a team They had a trade interest in Andrew Wiggins. I'm also told that Orlando, another team that some league people said, hey, you might want to keep an eye on that. Orlando might have some interest in Wiggins. I'm told Orlando did not express interest in Wiggins. I think it makes sense to look at the teams that will have cap space this summer that aren't likely to be free agent players. That included Sacramento and Orlando. So two logical Wiggins landing spots. Neither team expressed trade interest in Wiggins. I had another league person tell me, hey, you need to check on Chicago. Recall that going back to the Jimmy Butler trade talks a couple summers ago that the Bulls initially requested Wiggins. They asked for Wiggins like in the first 30 seconds, and the Wolves shot it down. Foreman and Paxson still run the Bulls front office, so it's the same leadership structure in place. I'm just telling you now, the Bulls ended up trading for Otto Porter Jr., so That was sort of their all-in move, not to say that there couldn't be some moving parts this summer if the new Wolves leadership wants to make a change, wants to move Wiggins. But I can just tell you, from ownership on down, there really isn't any thought process right now in trading Andrew Wiggins. They are still committed very much to Andrew Wiggins. And if they wanted to move Andrew Wiggins last week, they would have had to give him away. They would not have gotten anything of substance in return. So trade talks 
never got off the ground. But I'm just telling you, if they ever explore an Andrew Wiggins trade, it is worth keeping an eye on Chicago. Not necessarily Sacramento, not necessarily Orlando, but definitely Chicago. And depending on what direction Toronto goes, now Toronto may end up re-signing some guys. Although I'm convinced Kawhi Leonard is going to end up a Clipper, but Hey, maybe Toronto gets lucky, resigns a bunch of guys. But at some point, there are league people, people that know Wiggins, who tell me that at some point the Raptors will have interest in bringing Andrew Wiggins home, the Toronto native, that he could sell tickets, he could help that franchise at some point when they need the helping. Now, this might be five years from now, seven years from now, when Wiggins is 29 or 30 years old. But smart people who would know say, hey, before Wiggins is done playing, him playing in Toronto makes a ton of sense that there would be mutual interest from ownership on their end on down to Wiggins having a desire to one day playing in his hometown. But there's zero traction right now. Toronto was not one of the teams that was in the mix on Wiggins. I'm just telling you, Chicago is a team in the past that has had interest in Wiggins. And I had a league person tell me, hey, with the report out there that some teams kicked the tires on Wiggins, don't be surprised if Chicago was one of those teams. On the Vikings, this is a bit of a downtime for the coaches. In fact, Mike Zimmer is in Hawaii. The new Vikings coaches, Rick Dennison, Gary Kubiak, others, will be made available to us reporters a week from Wednesday, Wednesday the 20th. Now, the front office certainly is ramping things up, getting ready for the combine later this month, then putting together all the pro day schedules and thinking about free agency that isn't that far from now. I continue to hear, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, that it would be a surprise if both Everson Griffin and Kyle Rudolph are back at their current numbers. Now, they could be back at lower numbers, so don't dismiss that. But I was told it would be a big surprise if Rudolph, whose number, I know it's in the neighborhood of $7.5 million. Everson Griffin, I believe, is in the neighborhood of $10 million. I should have that in front of me. I don't. But I was just told it would be surprising if both Griffin and Rudolph are back at their current salary numbers for 2019. I was also told that Latavius Murray, who is now a free agent after restructuring last March, is a good bet to land elsewhere. Anthony Barr also remains a good bet to land elsewhere. I will expound on Barr in all likelihood as soon as Friday. I am now doing the 6 p.m. hour on Score North, 1500 a.m. in the Twin Cities. Score North, scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R, North, N-O-R-T-H, scorenorth.com. If you're not in the listening vicinity, you can always listen online or podcast the hour later it'll actually be a scoop podcast it'll be episode 203 so i can expound on some viking stuff on friday on sheldon richardson talks will pick up at the combine there is legitimate interest in the vikings keeping him but it'll depend on some other things plus some other teams that hop in on richardson i know that the cowboys like richardson a lot although it doesn't look like they'll have a lot of cap space the seahawks still hold richardson in high regard There's a couple other teams that will sniff around on Richardson, so hopefully I'll make some time on Friday to expound on that. If you watch Channel 5 in the Twin Cities or check my Twitter feed, I can't recall if I had it on the podcast or not, but if you watch Channel 5 or check my Twitter, you're not surprised that Terrence Newman is not back with the Vikings. Here's where I can advance the story. Newman has standing offers to help out either the front office or the coaching staff, but he's got so many life interests. This is not home base down in the Dallas area is, I'm told, and don't forget, he was a, what, a top 10 pick? Was he a top 5 pick even, or did he go like pick 6 or pick 7? I think he might have gone even pick 5 many years ago. Point is, 
he has invested his money incredibly well. Not married, no kids, and has always been very careful, very smart with his money. So he's got a lot of life interests, and coaching is a serious grind. It is hour after hour after hour, day after day after day. There's limited downtime. Trust me, with Zimmer in Hawaii, he is enjoying his trip to Hawaii because downtime is few and far between in a calendar year. Yes, you get some time off before training camp, but then training camp is such a grind. You need that time to ramp up for the grind that is training camp. But anyway, Newman does have a standing offer. If he wants to come back, help the coaching staff or the front office, they would welcome him back with open arms. This is one of those situations where him and Zimmer still think the world of each other. The organization thinks the world of Newman. Newman loves the Vikings. He just has so many other life interests that he wants to explore some of those interests and see where it takes him. And who knows, maybe one day in the future, maybe it's a year from now, three years from now, maybe Newman ends up back in some capacity with the Vikings, but it's not going to happen this year. Thoughts and prayers are with Wild Assistant General Manager Tom Curvers. He was nice enough to join the podcast a few weeks ago. He was recently diagnosed with lung cancer. Thankfully, they caught it very, very early. And knowing Tom a little bit, He's the ultimate fighter. I have no doubt in my mind that Tom will kick cancer's ass. On the college front, well, high school slash college front, Jalen Suggs, star junior, mini haha academy, picked up an offer, a basketball offer. Heck, when talking about Suggs, it could be football or basketball. He picked up a basketball offer on Monday from the University of Illinois. Monday was also the day that he flew back from Spokane, Washington. He was at Gonzaga over the weekend for his first official visit. I was texting with his dad. I was told he had a very good time. Gonzaga, Spokane, Washington treated Jalen Suggs incredibly well. Javon Hadley, star junior from Matamidi High School, who at some point here, I think as soon as April or May, will get a bunch of offers. In fact, I know that he may end up with Howard Pulley or another really good AAU program. So once he plays AAU in the spring, he is going to get offers. Rob Jeter, Gopher's assistant, was at a recent game of his where he scored 40-something. He's averaging 30 a game. On Friday, he set the Matamidi School record with 52 points. In a win over Hill Murray, he's been a guest at Gophers games like four of the last five or five of the last six home games, and he will be their guest again on Saturday, the Indiana game on Saturday. Another great recruiting opportunity for the Gophers men's basketball team. Javon Hadley will be among local players that will be guests of the Gophers. A name to remember, Javon Hadley, six foot six guard. He told me on Monday that his growth plates are still open. So he thinks he'll grow to as much as 6'8". He is a little bit lost in the shuffle of great players in this state. Class of 2020, star juniors like Ben Carlson of Eastridge, Dawson Garcia of Prior Lake, Kerwin Walton of Hopkins, Dane Danger of Park Center. Then, of course, Suggs. You've got Austin Andrews of Eden Prairie. But I'm telling you, know the name Javon Hadley. Iowa has some interest. Drake has interest. Marquette, certainly the Gophers. It would not be surprising at some point this spring if Richard Patino and company make an offer. That's presuming that Patino is still here. Let's let this year play out. The buyout is now at, what, $2.7 million? I say let's let this year play out. Then I'm positive all of us will know after the season if it's time to make a move on Patino. I get it. They are on a losing streak right now. They are a Curry injury, by the way. Is not a long-term injury. If he's not back Wednesday, he should be back very soon, but he could be back as soon as Wednesday 
at Nebraska. This is not, again, a calf injury. This is not a long-term injury, I'm told, with Eric Curry. But I'm just saying, they can win Wednesday at Nebraska, and I get it. They could lose to the Indiana game Saturday. Very winnable game at Northwestern. Winnable, although Northwestern looked good over the weekend. Almost won at Iowa, at Rutgers. There are games on the schedule for the Gophers to win. They are at six Big Ten wins. If they can find four more, if they get to ten Big Ten victories, I'm pretty sure that they won't have to sweat on Selection Sunday. So I'm just saying it's hard to tell on a night-in and night-out basis what Gophers team is going to show up. Heck, it's hard to handicap most Big Ten games. Let's not say the Gophers are completely done at this point. I get it. They have warts. It is an imperfect team. This is not a great team. But guess what? They need to fill the NCAA tournament with 68 teams. There are going to be questionable teams that make it. It's possible for the Gophers to still make the NCAA tournament. Let's not dismiss those possibilities because they have a three-game losing streak that includes losses at Michigan State and Purdue. A lot of schools are going to lose at Purdue and at Michigan State. And yes, it would have been nice to beat Wisconsin at home. Unfortunate loss, but it's not like that was a blowout. They were in that game. So I'm just telling you, if you're giving up all hope on the Gophers, don't. I get it. I'm telling you, this is not a great team, but they still have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. All right, let's get to three high school chats, then we'll call it a podcast. And I'll remind you, Friday, 6 p.m., score north, 1500 a.m., I will be on the air. I'm hoping to record something with J.B. Bickerstaff, Memphis Grizzlies head coach, this week. I sat down with Cheryl Reeve the other day. I still think there's some pertinent talking points from that conversation that I can bring you on Friday. Plus, I'll certainly have some notes on the local teams as the week progresses. Right now, let's start with Evan Hull, Maple Grove running back. He signed on Wednesday with the Northwestern Wildcats. Patience paid off. He could have signed with a service academy or an Ivy League school in December. He decided to wait. Kansas State offered and Northwestern offered in January, and he chose Northwestern. It's running backs coach. It's recruiting coordinator, Louis Ayani. He's a former Woodbury High School star, former Northwestern running back, and Northwestern doesn't have any other running backs right now in its recruiting class. Now, they might bring in somebody. You know, heck, there's free agency in college football, graduate transfers, and what have you. But right now, they are not bringing in or haven't brought in another running back. It's just Evan Hall. So I caught up with Evan the other day, a couple days before he signed. I was out at Maple Grove High School. He took the high road on the Gophers. P.J. Fleck and the Gophers have their reasons. They did not offer Evan Hall. They brought in Jason Williamson from Oatana. They have other running backs. So they chose, they did their homework. They chose not to offer Evan Hall. So he took the high road off camera. I did not ask about Evan and his interest in being a gopher on camera and if he's disappointed in not getting a gopher's offer. So I just wanted to point that out in case you're wondering, hey, how come you didn't ask about the gophers? That's why we talked about it off camera. He wanted to take the high road on that front. So here's my conversation with Northwestern Wildcats signee Evan Hall. Evan, you certainly had options. I mean, I know Kansas State came in with an offer. You had some, what, FCS offers. So why Northwestern? Uh, you know, honestly, for me, it, it was a no-brainer. Um, just with the, the blend of academics and athletics being honestly at the highest level. You know, you got the, a school pretty much up there with the Ivy Leagues and then, uh, you know, competing for the big in the Big Ten and competing for the Big Ten Championship this past season. Um, I just saw it and thought this is a great opportunity. And then when you think about Coach Fitzgerald, the new facilities, right? I mean, those facilities are off the charts. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And when you see the view of Lake Michigan um, from the indoor facility, it's just it's amazing. It's truly breathtaking. Did you take a visit there a couple weeks ago? Um, no, actually, um, well, the 25th. So, I mean, that would be last uh, this past weekend. 
So um, that's when I had my official visit. So, I mean, you go down there for your official visit. Was it just boom, snap of the fingers? You knew, okay, this is the place I want to be? Uh, yes, sir. Actually, um, the day after I was offered, um, I knew this was the place I wanted to be. So um, um, coming into the official visit, I knew um, I wanted to commit. So really, it was cool kind of seeing it from a new perspective in that sense that, you know, the conversation now is not if you come here, it's when you get here. So it, it just makes it all more exciting. I mean, did you sense that the offer was coming? Was there a lot of dialogue with one of the assistant coaches? Did you have a sense that it was just a matter of when, not if, and Northwestern would offer? Um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, it did take me by surprise a little bit. Um, I did kind of have an idea maybe when they asked me for my ACT score um, and they needed it, like, quick. So I was like, I got a little excited at that. But um, it definitely took me by surprise. I mean, did everything work out for the best? I mean, you know, things happen for a reason that you decided not to sign anywhere in December, that you wanted to wait this thing out. But lo and behold, it worked out brilliantly. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think uh, all good things come to those who wait. So that's what my mom kept telling me. So, Do they have any other running backs in their, in their recruiting class? Um, currently, no. And they've given you every assurance that you will be a running back for them? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, they have. And then you'll get down there full-time come June for summer workouts? The last week of June is when, uh, when I'll report. Is there any sense, do you know if they want you to play immediately or will they, will they ask you to redshirt for a year? Uh, I don't believe they'll ask me to redshirt, but, um, you know, it's all up in the air really at this point. Um, you know, I'm just training to be the best I can uh, come summer camp. Did you lean on anybody for advice about Northwestern? I mean, I know they have a, is it a wide receiver from Brack High School? Anybody else? I mean, did you know anybody that, that has a connection there to Northwestern that gave you good feedback? Um, I had a family friend uh, who's whose parent actually uh, went there. So um, I did ask him a few questions just about the academic side of things. And, uh, um, and uh, there's definitely some connections on the other side of the family. Um, with pe- They know people who've gone there. So I, I, I really asked around and, you know, kind of asked how, how they felt about the university. I saw a quote somewhere, some story, where you said that you have a chip on your shoulder. Why does that chip exist? Um, because I felt like really maybe I should have been recruited a little bit more um, but, you know, it's all part of the process, and uh, I felt maybe just a little bit overlooked, but, you know, I ended up where I wanted to be, and um, I'm still keep that chip on my shoulder, though. And what's next? I mean, so you'll finish out here. I mean, is the idea that – did you finish in second place, and was it the 100-meter dash and track last spring? I mean, the idea now to, to win a state championship? That's the goal. Yes, sir. I, 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 I'm, that's my goal, to win the state championship in the 100-meter. Any talk of maybe even running track when you're at Northwestern? Uh, no, actually, because they don't have a, a men's track and field team. Oh, they don't? Okay. Oh, no, they don't. Yeah, so, um, Title Nine, I guess, yeah, right? Right, exactly. So that's, that's what we talked about. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll be full-time football when I get there. What's it been like reading all, whether it was on Twitter or your classmates here, others here at Maple Grove High School, what's been, what's been the feedback since, since you decided to commit? Gotten a lot of congratulations. Even just today, people are just stopping me in the hall just to tell me congratulations, which is it's, 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 it's a cool feeling, and uh, it's very humbling. Ivan is also a really good wrestler. So talking about a Northwestern Wildcats football signee, star wrestler, star track athlete, one of the best three-sport athletes in Minnesota, Evan Hull of Maple Grove. All right, let's transition to the two Mr. Basketball semifinalists from De La Salle High School. No other high school in Minnesota can say, hey, we have two Mr. Basketball semifinalists. Only D. LaSalle can say that. They have senior Tyrell Terry. They have senior Jamison Battle. Now, the Mr. Basketball Award has been decided. It was decided many, many weeks ago. But, hey, still noteworthy that they have two players 
better Mr. Basketball semifinalist. Let's start with Tyrell Terry. He turned down the Gophers. He's one of the best point guards in the state. He is on his way to Palo Alto. He will play for Stanford next year. Before then, he hopes to lead De La Salle to another state championship. Remember, they were knocked out in what the semifinals last March by Columbia Heights. So they have revenge on their minds. They want to get back to what Terry experienced his sophomore year a state championship victory. So I was over at De La Salle High School the other day. Here's my conversation first with Tyrell Terry. And I should mention that I talked to Tyrell and Jamison before De La Salle, number one in Class 3A, beat number one in Class 4A Hopkins last Wednesday. So there is no reference to beating Hopkins since I talked to Tyrell and Jamison. It was actually, what, nine, ten days ago, a couple Fridays ago. I was over there working on a different story. Anyway, here's my conversation with Tyrell Terry. Tyrell, let me just start with the story I'm working on, and it's no disrespect to Golinar or Jarvis or Gabe, but when you think about Gino on a top-ten team, Reed on a top-ten team, you think about, and who am I leaving out? I mean, I'm forgetting. There's Gino at Gonzaga, Reed at Kentucky, and, and Sakar at Marquette. I mean, you think about three guys on top ten teams. I mean, what does that mean? What when you see that, when you hear that, what what comes to your mind? Uh, it's just what this program is about. Um, coming, leaving De La Salle, uh, you're putting the best position to be successful, and um, they're making they're making that uh, into existence. You know, they're they're all having big impacts on their teams, and uh, even the ones that aren't in the top ten, they're having big imp- impacts on their teams. And uh, it's just good to see that um, like the future is bright for everyone that leaves this place. So uh, yeah, it's just great to see them doing being successful. And, um, yeah, it makes you, makes you excited for your own future, you know. So. And speaking of putting marks on teams, I mean, you're putting your mark on this team. Do you feel like you guys have the pieces in place to make sure that, that this year doesn't finish like it did last year? Uh, definitely. Uh, we're reminded of how last year ended. Um, we made some mistakes last year that uh, we're sure not to make this year. So um, if we do those things, then I definitely think we have the pieces to um, get this thing done. I mean, did you learn a lot about your team when you guys played Eden Prairie, Wyzetta? Unfortunately, the Hopkins game didn't happen this week. But do you have a good sense because you guys played some of those big schools? Uh, yeah, even even Des Moines North uh, going on the road, playing a tough team. Uh, we just have, we just have a, a fight that I don't know if we had last year. Um, kind of a resilience that we need to get this thing done this year. And uh, I'm glad we have that. And uh, I'm excited to see where it takes us. How have you grown as a player over the last year? Um, I would say that I developed more of a, of a scorer. Uh, my roles kind of changed from the summer. I was more of a, of a facilitator. Uh, and this year I'm more of a, of a scorer on De La Salle. So I guess I've grown in a way of um, uh, trying to put the ball in the hole in different ways. I've gotten more creative. So I guess that's how I've grown as a player. I was talking to Jameson. He's a semifinalist for Mr. Basketball. You're a semifinalist. As far as I know, there's not another school in the state that can say they have two guys that are semifinalists. I mean, what sort of testament is that to this program? Uh, It's a big testament. Um, We do it the right way here. Um, We develop our players very well. Um, I'm proud of Jamison for what he's done. I'm sure he's proud of me. Uh, But, yeah, it's just just, this program does it the right way, and um, it it shows. It shows. You know Matthew Hurt real well. Jamison said it's Matthew Hurt's award. It's already done. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, honestly, I think Matthew Hurt kind of has it in the bag. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's well-deserved, so. I mean, some of the things he's done, and you know him real well from from your AAU days. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's done amazing in the summer, his whole career, and uh, I think I think it's well deserved if 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 it ends how we all expect it to. So, has life changed at all since you put pen to paper and officially signed with Stanford? Um, a little bit, uh, I guess. Like out in public, I'll have people like like recognize me. Um, but other than that, I mean. It's just same old grind, I guess, uh, but just do, taking care of business on the basketball court and in the, in the classroom. Um, but I guess, I mean, it hasn't changed too much, but I guess in a little bit in public it has, I guess. So. 
mean, do you enjoy that attention? I mean, even probably occasionally signing an autograph? Um, it, it's all right. It has its moments. Uh, sometimes it's a little uh, overwhelming, but I'm, I'm grateful for it all, and uh, I'll never, like, turn down a kid for an autograph or a picture like that. So that's, that's, that's kind of how it goes now. So How's Stanford doing this year? Uh, they're doing all right. Uh, lost a couple close games. Lost a close one to Arizona and Utah. Um, they've picked it up. Uh, they've had some injuries here and there. Um, but I'm excited for what the future holds. We're, they're very young, so um, potential is endless for us. So it'll be fun. I mean, pretty regular dialogue with the coaching staff. I mean, do you get a sense as the days pass that, hey, this is exactly how I'll fit in when I get to campus? I mean, heck, will you be there as soon as, like, what, June? Yeah, I leave mid-June. And um, even after games, they'll text me and be like, yeah, like, we need you to do this and this and this. Um, and they'll, like, I'll watch film. Uh, I'll watch their game. And if I can't catch their game, they'll send me film, like, if they can. Um, and I'll just break it down to, like, what, what I'll need to do next year, how to fit in, and things where I need to, like, get people open and things like that because that'll be my role next year. So um, uh, I'm excited for it, and uh, I talk to the coaches often. Uh, they came down here on Tuesday, but our game got canceled, so uh, we, I just met with them at my house. But, yeah, regular dialogue, and uh, they, they inform me well about what, I'm, what I'll need to do next year. Nice. So, what, the entire coaching staff was here on Tuesday? Uh, just the assistant, uh, Coach Jesse Pruitt, uh, came down. Um, so, yeah, just him. Got it, because he was in town to see who Ben Carlson and caught up with you and maybe some others. Yeah, uh, came to see Ben Carlson at practice uh, and then came to my house on Tuesday because uh, our game was canceled. So. so, I mean, I'll leave you with this. I mean, okay, so you're more score this year, talking about how your role is different this year. But then it'll go back next year to more of, of a facilitator? Yeah, uh, which I'm, I'm okay with. Uh, that's more of who I am, a true point guard. Um, but I think it's good for me to develop scoring uh, intangibles this year so I can bring it to next year so I'm not just a pass first point guard all the time. Uh, I'll be able to put the ball in the cup. So um, it's kind of the best of both worlds, and I, um, I, think, it's, I think it's good for me to, for, to develop for next year. Stupid me should have checked my email many, many minutes ago, checking my email now during that interview. I'm seeing an email from the Mr. Basketball Committee. Darren attached is the top ten list of candidates for the award. And guess what? Jamison Battle and Tyrell Terry are finalists. They are among the 10 finalists. So, sure, Matthew Hurt of Rochester John Marshall has the award wrapped up, but still pretty noteworthy when the same team can say, hey, we have two Mr. Basketball finalists, two top 10 Mr. Basketball nominees. Jamison Battle is one of those 10. He is on his way to George Washington next year. I think George Washington is getting itself one heck of a player. I wonder if the Gophers will end up regretting not offering Jameis. And I just I love his game. He can score inside. He can score outside. He's gotten bigger, stronger. I'm a big fan of Jameis in battle. A little bit lost in the shuffle playing for D1 Minnesota with Matthew Hurt, with Tyrell Terry, with Tyler Wall, with Zeke Najee. But, hey, he still brings it. And trust me, D. LaSalle thinks the world of him. And, hey, the Atlantic 10 is still a great conference. So, hey, maybe he flew under the radar a little bit. But George Washington – knew what it was doing. Anyway, I started with Jamison with some stuff on his coach, Travis Bledsoe. It was great. I had access to a shoot-around a couple Fridays ago. It was great watching Travis Bledsoe coach. He was firing up his team like nothing I've seen in a while, just because I don't get that sort of access, a shoot-around access. Oftentimes when I go to these high schools, it's for a practice, so it's a little bit tamer, let's say. But in this instance, they were getting ready for a game that night, so Travis Bledsoe was firing up those De La Salle Islanders. So I started with that with Jamison Battle. When I hear Coach Bledsoe fire you guys up, I mean, my photojournalist Scott said, I want to get out there and play tonight. I mean, when, when he's talking like that, 
I mean, how pumped up are you to get out there and play for Coach Bledsoe? I mean, I get really excited just putting the D across your chest. It's just something you you dream of as a kid, and I've dreamed of it as a kid. And I think a lot of kids younger, they work hard to get that D across their chest. So I think it's just a testament to all the hard work that not only I put in, but everyone on the team puts in, and then how much co- the coaches put in, scouting and all that. So it's just a testament to the hard work. Is this about the time that things start to ramp up as the calendar flips to February as we get closer to March? I think it is. So I think with us is we like to peak right at the end of February and we keep on going, and that's what makes us good. So I think that's what we're trying to do right now. And defensively, I think we're starting to turn it up. And offensively, we're trying to we're starting to find our character, starting to get inside and then kick out, look for threes. And I think it's just it's coming along. I think we, we have a good chance. And when you say good chance, I mean, you feel like that there are the characteristics in place for you guys to win a state championship? I do. I think we have a lot of key guys. I think not only offensive, like I said, I think it's defensive. Defensively, that's going to take us to the championship. Like they said, defense wins championships, and I think that's what's, what's going to help us win the championship. I think about the loss last year to Columbia Heights. How much does that motivate you? How much does that motivate the team? I think it motivates everyone. I think a lot of the guys were there. If they weren't on the team, they were watching it. And then if they were on the team, they... They were in that locker room after that game, and they felt how everyone felt. They felt the the hurt. They felt the the heart just ripped out, and I think everyone's motivated to get it done this year. Who have you guys played so far? I mean, I know the game against Hopkins, unfortunately, got postponed. I don't even know if it's getting rescheduled or not, but have you played enough good teams where you have a real good sense of how good this team is? I think we have. I think the game first game against EP, I think the game against Wazetta, I think... All the games we played out of state, I mean, Mountain Brook is a testament to it. I mean, I wasn't in, Tyrell, everyone stepped up, and we got it done against a nationally ranked team. But I think it's just we've played great teams. Even if we've lost, I think we've we've built from those. We've known what we did wrong, and we've built, and we've worked in practice, worked in the gym, and got better, and know what we got to do to win. What's it like playing with Tyrell? It's great. I mean, I've played with him since 15U AAU, and it's just great to have someone who handles the ball like that, looks up, sees the whole floor. It's just it's just great. I mean, he, he takes over when he needs to, and he finds me, he finds teammates, he finds Big J, he finds everyone. I think it's just you don't get to play with the true point guard a lot, and I think it's it's really good playing with him. I saw that he's still in the mix for Mr. Basketball. You're still in the mix for Mr. Basketball. I don't think any other school in the state can say they have two guys still in the mix. What are we down to, like the semifinalists? I mean, what does that say? I mean, what sort of testament is that to, to you know, what you guys have accomplished here at DLSO? And I think it's just a testament to how hard work we come in 6 a.m. and get, get it going. I think we just work hard every single time. I think we, we bond together. The whole team bonds together, and I think that just helps us. It's not, it's not only us. It's just the team, too. They've helped us get here. Coaches have helped us get here. Coach Jay from D1's helped us get here. So I think it's just everyone around us has helped us get to the point where we can be in contention for Mr. Basketball. Do you think about Mr. Basketball? I mean, the competition is fierce. We know that. I mean, I don't really think about it too much. I think I think everyone knows kind of that Matt Hurts kind of got it wrapped up. I mean, 500 points on the year. I mean, he's kind of got it wrapped up. But, I mean, it's something cool to think about just to be a finalist and be in that, be in that list with my name on there. It's cool to see, but I think, like, I mean, there's kind of a slim chance that I'm going to win. So I think about it a little bit, but I know it's just it's a testament to all the hard work I've put in. How has life changed or has it changed since you put pen to paper and signed with George Washington? I think it's, it hasn't changed too much. I think it's just made me work harder just to try to prepare myself for the next level, try to prepare myself for college. And I think being at, being at a school like George Washington, I think if I do what I need to do, I can play right away. I think that helps being here playing defense too. I think that's big in college. You need to be able to defend. That's how you get on the court. It's not just about my shooting. It's not just about um, laying it up, not just about passing. It's about defense. So I think being here, that's what helps me a lot defense how are they doing this year they're doing pretty well i know they're 
kind of the middle of the pack A10. I mean, the A10 is a great conference. After watching all these games, I've seen like every game they're in. If they lose, they lose. But everyone in the A10 competes, and I just like that about it. So I think there's a lot of youth on the team. So like Coach Joseph has always said, there there's growth. They've been growing the whole year, and that's what's kind of helped them progress. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they get down. Final games, the A10 tournament. I think they have a they're a pretty good chance just because of the youth and they're getting stronger and they, they're starting to figure it out. I'm a big fan of that young man. Heck, just about everybody that comes out of D La Cell. Look at Gabe Kausher starting for the Gophers. You've got Sakara Nam, Reed Travis, Gino Crandall. Godar Mar is hurt right now, George Mason, but so many good players going back to Ben Johnson and Allen Anderson. There is a rich basketball history at D La Cell and Jamison Battle is a name to remember moving forward. Such a good player. And I'm sure you'll see him on the March state tournament scene. I know De La Salle is on a mission to win a 3A championship. All right, that does it for Scoop Podcast episode 202 here on Monday, the 11th of February. A reminder, I'll be back on the 1500 airwaves, Score North, scorenorth.com on Friday at 6 o'clock. You can also catch me on Channel 5 in the Twin Cities, KSTP, kstp.com. That is the A job, the main job. I anchor on occasion, I report, I produce, I do it all, jack of all trades. Although I've never mastered the art of shooting video. That is a challenge that I'll have to maybe... Take head on somewhere down the road. But, hey, there's not enough time in the day. But when it comes to everything else on the TV side for Channel 5 in the Twin Cities, I am all over it. I have my fingerprints all over Channel 5 television. Appreciate you checking out the podcast. Always appreciate you listening. We are now going on to nearly three years strong. So the podcast does not survive this long without you, the listener. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, you learn something or, heck, who knows, maybe this is good background music because you're taking a nap. But whatever it might be, if you give it a good rating on iTunes, any other outlet where you can give it a good rating, I'd greatly, 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 greatly appreciate it. Have a good week, everyone. He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test, unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.